Well, kids, uh, I've got a couple of very simple uh, but ultimately important questions to ask you this morning. Uh, and you can just call out the answers. You don't need to raise your hands today. Everybody can participate. Just call out the answers, all right? Uh, if you were to squeeze a lemon, what would come out of it? What kind of juice? Lemon juice. Good. Okay. If you were to squeeze a lime, what would come out of it? If you were to squeeze an orange, what would come out of it? Okay. If you were to squeeze a grape, what would come out of it? If you were to squeeze a human, what would come out of it? Blood. Blood. Yeah. I was waiting for human juice. Yeah, well, those are the wrong answers. Hopefully, those are the wrong answers. Hopefully, you're never squeezed so hard that human juice or blood comes out. But we are talking this morning about what comes out of a human when they are squeezed, when they are uh, under the pressures of life. And so on your activity sheet, kids, I've got some questions that I want you to answer as you follow along in the sermon. And ultimately, I want you to think about what comes out of you In the moments when you are squeezed in life. And what can you do to make sure that what comes out of you in those moments is what you want to come out of you. Okay? Church, throughout uh, the season of Advent, we are preaching a series uh, on the faith of Mary, the mother of God, as an example for us all. Throughout church history, Mary has been a somewhat controversial figure. She is venerated and prayed to daily in the Catholic Church, which has caused many Protestants to swing the pendulum in the exact opposite direction on Mary and give her little to no attention uh, in our lives of faith at all. We don't believe that's been a helpful corrective for the church, because while there are Catholic doctrines on Mary that we as Anglicans would disagree with, still... The scriptures are clear that she is favored by God. Luke chapter 1 verse 28. And she is blessed among all women. Luke chapter 1 verse 42. And she responds to God throughout the Christmas story and beyond with a faith that is absolutely worthy of emulating. So as Anglicans are famous for doing... In this series, we are trying to not throw the baby out with the bathwater in regard to the Virgin Mary. But instead, we are trying to take the the via media or the the middle road between Catholicism and Protestantism on this issue. And we're seeking to consider Mary not according to a particular church's tradition, but according to the scriptures. Looking at Mary's faith. The fruit that it has borne in the world in order that we might be encouraged by and learn from her example. So throughout this series, uh, we're comparing and contrasting the example that Mary, the mother of God, has given us with the example of Eve, the mother of all living. First week, we talked about Mary and Eve's faith. Last week, we looked at Mary and Eve's obedience This week, we're going to be considering Mary and Eve's reaction and response to the crises that they faced in life. How did they respond in the face of trials? This is an important question to consider. Because as author and professor Robert McKee has said, 
True character is revealed in the choices a human being makes under pressure. The greater the pressure, the deeper the revelation. What he's saying is that the best way to find out what is really inside of someone, to find out who they are at their core, is to see what comes out of them in the moments that they are squeezed. The way a person responds when they are under pressure reveals the truth about who they really are in the depth of their being. And the greater the pressure, the truer the response. And what we heard just a few moments ago from our scriptures this morning were two accounts where Eve and Mary faced the squeeze of a crisis moment. Where circumstances turned sideways and caused them to show their true colors. For Eve... That moment of crisis came after she had tasted the forbidden fruit. And the reading we had this morning didn't capture all of the story that I had intended, but you're familiar with it, I hope, or you can find it in Genesis chapter 3. But in that account, having eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Eve's eyes were open. She was now aware of what evil was, and she knew she had done it. Suddenly conscious of her nakedness and now ashamed by it, Eve and her husband sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And when they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Once discovered and confronted by the Lord, Adam blamed his wife and Eve blamed the serpent for the crisis that had now occurred. That was Eve's response to a moment of crisis. Mary's moment of crisis came at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, where after some amount of time at the wedding banquet, the wine ran out. Now, this may not seem like a crisis-worthy moment to us, but in that day and for that family, this was a huge deal. It is impossible to overstate how significant this would have been for their lives. Because for all kinds of social and cultural reasons, if a family didn't live up to the expectations of their society for an event like this, it would have been a mark of shame upon the groom and his new bride for the rest of their lives. The wedding would forever have been branded as a disgrace. The host family would be completely shunned in their community. The newly married couple would carry a social stigma of shame with them for the rest of their days, as would their children and their children's children. Whatever joy had been experienced and celebrated during the feast up to that point would have been immediately transformed into anger, scorn, and derision towards the host family. As a result of having run out of wine, this marriage would have been ruined Before it was even started. This would literally devastate their family financially and reputationally for generations to come. This was Mary's crisis of faith. And the way that these two women responded to the crises they faced, both dealing with issues of shame, both dealing with potential ruin of families for generations to come, both major crisis moments... The way these two women responded to these crises could not have been more different from one another. 
When you take a step back and you break down the events of the Garden of Eden, what we see is that Eve had three distinct and separate responses to the crisis that presented itself before her. The first response that Eve made was that she tried to take matters into her own hands. Confronted with the nakedness and shame, Eve created a garment by which to try and cover herself. The problem, of course, being that while you can cover your physical body, you cannot cover the shame of sin. In the end, fig leaves did nothing for Eve's deeper problem of guilt and shame. The second response that Eve makes is that she attempted to elude God. Aware that she had transgressed the law, she hid from the giver of the law. The problem being, of course, that you cannot hide from God. The Lord's searching question to Adam and to Eve, where are you, does not indicate his inability to locate them, but expresses his desire for them to search their own hearts in light of their circumstances. In fact, the question itself indicates that he already knew exactly where they were hiding from him. The final response that Eve exhibited to this crisis, that now that she was found and found out, was to deflect the blame for the whole ordeal upon the serpent. She attempted to escape responsibility for her actions by placing the blame upon another. This also was a futile effort, as we see that in the end, the Lord holds each and every party responsible for their own unique roles Played in this debacle. So, in the end, what we see is that in this moment of crisis, Eve turned to herself, to her own resources, to her own ingenuity, and to her own justifications. She blamed others, she hid from God, and she tried to take matters into her own hands. All futile efforts that failed to accomplish their intended purposes. Mary, on the other hand, exhibits for us a much simpler, much less panicked, and much more effective way of dealing with a moment of crisis in life. When Mary was made aware of the disaster that was brewing at the wedding in Cana, rather than turning to her own resources to try and handle or manage or manipulate the pending disaster, Mary simply looked to Jesus for help. In John chapter 2, verse 3, we're told that when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Mary brought the circumstances of the crisis and placed them at the feet of Jesus. And in the face of an initial delay by Jesus in responding to the crisis, because his time had not yet come, Mary exhibited the faith of the persistent widow and continued to bring this crisis before him, instructing the servants to do whatever Jesus told them to do. Mary's first and repeated reaction in this moment of crisis was to entrust the problem into the hands of the Lord. Rightly knowing her inability to address the disaster at hand, she entrusted it to the one who could address a lack of 
provision, the threat of ruin, and the certainty of shame. In crisis, Mary turned to Jesus. And when at first he did not respond, Mary did not immediately take matters into her own hands, but she continued to entrust the problem to him. And as a result, the effect of her response led not to a running out of wine, but to an abundance of the best wine that anyone had ever tasted. Her actions led not to the ruining of a family, but to the honoring and blessing of a family. Her actions led not to the ending of a party, but to the continuation and to the enhancement of the celebration. In a moment of crisis, Mary turned to Jesus and Jesus saved the day. Two different women, two different crises, two completely different responses, which led to two exactly opposite outcomes. When under pressure, Eve turned to herself, to her ability, to her wisdom, to her independence from God. When squeezed, she revealed an inner disposition of self-reliance and self-sufficiency, which eventually led only to her shame and guilt and fear. Mary, on the other hand, when she faced a moment of pressure, she turned to Jesus. She turned to his ability, to his wisdom for what was best, and to his provision for the situation. Do whatever he tells you, she said. When squeezed, Mary revealed an inner disposition of God-reliance and of trust in his sufficiency, which eventually led to abundance and to honor and to celebration. Two different women, two different crises, two completely different responses, which led to two exactly opposite outcomes. And church, this ought to cause us to consider the question, what comes out of us when we are squeezed? What is revealed about our true character, about our inner disposition, when we face moments of crisis in life? When the pressure is turned on and our true self is revealed, what comes out of us? What comes out of you? When you find yourself in trouble, do you run to God or do you run away from God? When you've transgressed and done what you know to be wrong, do you present yourself to God or do you hide yourself from God? When you face a problem bigger than yourself, do you seek to tackle it with your own effort, with your own strength, with your own worldly wisdom? Or do you orient yourself to Jesus and do whatever he tells you to do? What comes out of you when you are squeezed? Now, to be fair to Eve and to us here, Mary had a distinct advantage in regard to this, I believe. Because while we don't know what Eve's relationship with God was like in the garden, we we don't know how often they communicated or how much time they spent together or what their interactions with one another were like. But we do know something of what Mary's interactions with Jesus were like. For 30 some years of his life, day after day, all throughout the day in certain seasons of life, Mary focused her love and her attention on Jesus. 
We've got some new moms in the church here. and I just wonder, Sarah or Rachel, uh, how many hours a day do you spend staring at your newborn child? <laughs> a lot. A, a number. Right? Mothers of children spend countless hours gazing upon, caring for, doting over their children. Mary would have nursed Jesus, burped Jesus, changed Jesus' soiled diapers. She would have taught him how to talk and how to walk and how to play. She would have bandaged him up when he was hurt. She would have tended to his needs when he was sick. She would have provided comfort and consolation when he was mistreated by others. She would have celebrated the joys and lamented the sorrows with him in life. Through the countless hours and days and weeks and months and years that she would have loved him and cared for him, Mary would have known Jesus better than anyone else on earth. And through that time, she would have seen the purity of his character. She would have known the goodness of his heart. She would have experienced the kindness and the gentleness of his spirit. She would have observed his mercy towards others who are in trouble. She would have witnessed his generosity towards those in need. She would have heard about his desire for justice and truth in the face of wrong. She would have seen the wisdom of all of his ways. Mary would have spent so much time in the presence of Jesus and she would have known the character of her son so well that when a crisis moment arose, she would have known that he is the only one to take care of it. He will do what is right. Because of all the time that she has spent with him and because of how well she would have known him, Jesus would have been the only and the natural place for her to have turned. And Mary is an example for us in that way. Because we are all like sponges in this regard. What we soak in is what will come out of us when we are squeezed. If you soak a sponge in juice, then when you squeeze it, what will come out of it? Juice, thank you. If you soak a sponge in wine and you squeeze it, what will come out of it? Wine. We're all pretty much the same way. What we soak ourselves in, what we consume, what we focus on, what we think about, what we value, that is what is going to come out of us when we face pressure points in life, when we are squeezed. Eve had been focusing on a doubting and distrusting voice that encouraged her to take matters into her own hands. So when she was squeezed, that's what came out of her. Mary, on the other hand, had been focusing on Jesus. So when she was squeezed, He is what came out of her. What would come out of you? What have you been soaking yourself in that will come out of you when you are squeezed? Church, this is why we are repeatedly exhorted in the scriptures to set our minds on things above and to fix our eyes on Jesus. This is why we're instructed that whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about such things. Soak yourself in these things. Paul says, in the morning and in the evening and all throughout your day, let Jesus be what fills you up until you are just saturated in him, dripping with him.
So that when the moment of testing and trial comes, and when you are squeezed, he will come out. That was the case for Mary. It can be true for you as well. May it be so. For God's glory and for our good. Amen.